0: Your reaction to the uh, potential Kessel for Zucker deal between the Wild and the Penguins—that uh, evidently Kessel reportedly said no to.
1: Well, I, I like to have Kessel on this team, but I don't, don't like to have him at the expense of Zucker. And, and the reason why I'm saying that is because Kessel's five years older, mm-hmm. and and uh, we certainly could use Kessel goal scoring now. But I'm looking down the line five years from now when you've got Kessel's contract. I think he's got four more years left in his contract, and and he makes a lot of money. So uh, then you're going to start getting squeezed against the cap again with contracts you don't want. Uh, I I, I'd like to see if you're if you're going to lose Zucker, Mm -hmm. you definitely want somebody who can score coming back because I think I think Zucker definitely got at least twenty five this year, maybe thirty. No matter where he goes, and so you'd want someone that can score, but also you want someone. Young because Zucker's only twenty-seven, so I I don't like to give up that much youth uh, to get maybe I'd say maybe six or seven more goals a year from Kessel because you got to remember Kessel has got a lot of points, but he's playing with Crosby or Malk in every game. <laughs>
0: yes, this and is, we don't
1: have those guys on our team.
0: That's what I was going to say. To me, is the most important thing here too. Is and and I keep going back to, to this, and tell me if you agree or not. I keep going back to basically what you just said which is the fact that until you have a center who is an upper echelon and probably you know in his 20s or so, that type of guy to distribute the puck, getting goals for uh, Kessel, uh, Zucker, a guy like that is going to be difficult until you've got that distributor in the pivot.
1: That's right. And, and I, I'd like to know how many uh, points Kessel got while he was on the ice or playing with Malkin or Crosby. Uh, just those two guys alone, plus Latang. You, you had those three guys, and see how much they figured into any points that Kessler got. Will give you a good idea what you might not have when if he were to come here.
0: What's your th- theory on why Fenton uh, seems so bound and determined, uh, Lou Nanny to trade Jason Zucker?
1: I, I really don't have a theory. That that one's surprising me because. Uh, you say you want your team to be young, fast, and be able to score. So Tucker's 27; he's the fastest guy on the team, and he can score. So if you're going to give that up, you got to get something back comparable like that. I just don't, uh, I don't see why you you give some asset like that up unless you get the same type of asset back. Uh, if if there's anything different, you'd like to have a bigger guy that could skate and score. Right. And, and, uh, although Zucker never shies away in that, but, but, you know, if you look at the playoffs right now, they take a pound in. So, uh, it's always good to have more size if you can get it. But I, I don't know what the, as you might have pointed out with the intent on, uh, trading him unless there is, uh, he definitely got the most value of somebody you can trade, uh, uh, on the forward lines. And, uh, so right now, I guess it's just, you know, trying to change the look of the team. I don't know what else you're you're trying to change because he does check three of the boxes that you want.
0: So, Lou, I guess the one thing that confuses me, too, is this. In some ways, I get the trades that, that are trying to get young, uh, what are considered at least to be up-and-coming players for this roster. That's where the Kessel dynamic uh, confused me a bit because... Do you think the strategy here is trying to get young and fast, and and then just put in a couple of veterans here and there? I've been trying to to rack my brain to come up with what the Fenton plan here is ultimately when training camp starts for this roster to look like.
1: Well, I, uh, I think that uh, you know, having Kessel come in tells me that he's he's looking for someone to. <clears throat> to uh, help him make the playoffs right away. I think it's more than looking at the Stanley Cup because uh, the Stanley Cup would be further down the line. You're not going to go from last place in your division this year right. to winning the Stanley Cup. Your goal got to be going from last place in your division to making the playoffs. And I I, and I do believe that Kessel would help him do that. And maybe that's that's his first look before he's thinking about getting the cup and then thinking down the line, we work further towards getting the cup. But uh, that having been said, you got to remember that if it's down the line, as those years go by, Kessel's already 32, I believe. So yes. now you're getting to the point where he's going to be 35, 34, the early 35, maybe 36. So then you, you have him at that contract level.
0: So my question uh, to you then, <clears throat> and we have certainly discussed this before, is d- doesn't this also then potentially come back to that vicious cycle of not – completely ha- having a plan and you know we've said that you can make the playoffs but if you're truly going to build yourself into a championship contender sometimes you have to strip down get young blah 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 doesn't this sort of put you in that no man's land of trying to make the playoffs and trying to build at the same time and i'm not sure if those two things uh, dovetail perfectly
1: well they dovetail if, if you're trying to make the playoffs with with the younger guys and, and uh, that are going to be developing that, humor towards towards the cup. Now, in the, in this instance, it it really doesn't dovetail because you're giving up a younger guy to try and make the playoffs and then win the cup. So, I think that uh, uh, if they ever make that move, then the what they're going to do is they're going to open a couple of spots and hopefully. Uh, you know, some young guys are going come to come in like uh, Greenway and Cunning and Donato coming back this year and really producing a lot more mm-hmm. and 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 hopefully getting that done while you've got a veteran like uh, Kessel that can, you know you can count on to produce points. It doesn't matter who he plays with, he'll get points. It just he won't get as many without having the kind of uh, players he had uh, playing on the line with him before.
0: If this was you uh, back in the day and you were attempting to uh, shop or trade a guy like Jason Louis, would you give me an an example of a player on who might be available right now, who you would pursue?
1: Well, you know, I don't know that you got to shop, uh, Jason, to get the player like I pursue, I mean, right now you you look at the free agent market, and the, the problem is, will you be able to get the free agent to come? I, I mean, you got centers like Duchesne out there and Kevin Hayes, two guys who would would really make a difference if you could add them in your lineup. Either one of them as a centerman, but uh, will they come here? That's the, that's the difference. And uh, how much are you going to have to overpay for them to come here? I mean, if you, if you try to get Duchesne, who's with Columbus, who right now is uh, a better team than the Wild, uh-huh. <laughs> you know uh, that means you got to overpay for compared to what Columbus is going to pay, or the Rangers might be after, them or anybody. I mean, you, there's a lot of teams sitting out there with with cap space, like Florida and and the Rangers. Uh, teams with good young players that are are right now at a a pace faster than us. Moving towards the cup because of the youth and the talent they have on their side, where where the Wild are just trying to get to because they uh, they were already better than these two teams and they had to take their shot at the cup while they had it while these other teams were stripping down and, and trying to develop a team to eventually get there.
0: When a guy like Kessel says no to a trade like this as well. Uh, how much impact or effect do you think that has on the guys that you're talking about who might be on the open market are considering coming here? How much does that impact their their mindset about potentially signing here?
1: Oh, I don't think that uh, affects them at all. A guy's going to look at the deal he's getting and, and what he wants. you got to remember, if Kessel comes here, then that's going to take away from uh, some of those guys coming here because because of the future cap space. So it might not initially, but but they got to they got to be thinking the same thing. We're talking about is uh, you know who's going to be there and and uh, and what what are my opportunities there to, to play? I mean, uh, you know, if you look at a guy like Duchenne and Hayes, yep. They're both coming from teams that were in the playoffs and and either one of them could have won the Stanley Cup. They were that good. You you just don't know who's going to get the breaks, who's going to play well. So, they they're looking at that, but uh I, I think that you know there are guys uh, right now that are available in the free agent market that uh, the Wild will go after, and it would be good additions if they get them.
0: In your mind, um, who, who do you think would, would be the most logical to pursue here? So when, when July 1st hits, and they, they do have some cap space now, which has not been a luxury certainly for a few years, who are the most logical, let's say, two or three guys who you make your first phone calls to their agents?
1: I'd say Kevin Hayes, and I say that because Bouchene is going to get uh, – he's going to get more offers and and probably, in my mind, would be uh, going to, like, a team – either stay in Columbus or go to a team like uh, the Rangers. I think Hayes is – you know, he's twenty seven. He's 6'5", he plays the power play, kills penalties, and he's really an effective center and he's still young enough and uh talented enough to to help a team in it. To me that, that that would be my number 1 target right now. So
0: then then it would go ultimately probably what Hayes stall and when he comes back Vu is your top 3 going into uh
1: the season yeah. if Coevu's Yeah back. because you know I uh, <laughs> I, I you know there's guys like Panarin. You're not going to get some of these other guys that are in the free agent market like Panarin. Yep. And and so you got to you got to go where realistically you have a chance. Now, you have a chance because there's cap space to pay a guy like uh, Hayes. And um, your needs in the team right now is you, you need a you need a top centerman. You need a top centerman in to the team to 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 play in different situations. And, and uh, Hayes gives you that. And he'd be the youngest by far of the three. Right, exactly.
0: Do you think that there's still a chance that Kessel uh, reconsiders and says yes to a trade here?
1: Yeah, if uh, I, I think it's very slight because he, he's got 10 teams that he can go to, and I, apparently some of them are interested in him. And uh, it's not that he wants to leave, so he can play hardball with them. So either you, you take one of those offers with 10 teams or I'm staying right here. And But if he if he gets so... Uh, disappointed, then he he could say I'll, I'll go to the wild. But I, am I betting on that? No, I'm not because I think that somebody else out there will take him where he wants to go. Sure. And and uh, so Pittsburgh will have to make that deal.
0: How difficult in your your mind has it become now, too, Louis, uh, to keep trade talks un, under wraps? And and how much different is that dynamic from your day as or days as a GM? Just the fact that it seems like so many of these conversations in particular now get out.
1: Well, I don't think it's any different. I think if you go back to years ago when I was managing, the stuff still gets out because uh, somebody's going to talk about it because what happens many times – when you're making a trade, you're not only just talking to the team you're talking to. You've already been maybe shopping the person around. You want to maximize what you get for the individual, or, or you may be checking with someone else that that knows the individual or played the guy played there, and and they might be able to give you some input. So, information gets out, and uh, I don't think it, you know, I, I don't think it hurts to Be that it gets out that you can't make the deal, you can still make the deal. Yep. But uh, but I I don't think that uh, that's going to affect making the deal because some people get upset about it because, you know, they feel then cornered that they got to make a deal. But it's something that everybody's gone through and, and you have to live with.
0: Do players get upset about that, or is that more person-by-person, case-by-case?
1: Yeah, players would get more upset than uh, managers would. You know, the managers... Uh, if they had their druthers, if a player ever wanted to get traded, then they don't want it to get out because they don't want to know that they're up against the gun. Like like if somebody says, I'm not coming back, and, and then you you want you want that not to get out there because you want, you want to try and get the most you can. But once it gets out that the player will want to leave, then it seems like you're going to get, you know, people say, well, he's not going to stay there. Well, you know, they try and low you at first. Right. You, uh
0: mm-hmm. Give me your biggest trade that that didn't get out until the trigger was actually pulled.
1: Was oh, Bobby? you know, I made so many trades I can't tell you that. I, I just uh, well, it was Bobby Smith. Yeah. You know that that one because I made sure that he wouldn't say anything because he wanted to get traded and I, we kept it very quiet. And so it was a surprise to everybody when when Bobby got traded. But I, I told him, okay, I'll trade you, uh, but you got it on one condition: you got it. Shut your mouth! and not tell anybody. You want to leave? I got to make sure I get as much as I can for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Was there was there a trade that you came close to making that would have been considered a uh, major deal that didn't leak and ultimately didn't get made?
1: No, not really. I think uh, most of the most of the ones that we we traded, we we, we got through with it. We, you know, there's always you go through so much. I, I did this daily, so it's not like I can recall and tell you, I mean, every day I, I try to check in with general managers to see who's available, what's available. I want to be aware of, you know, uh, I don't want to be surprised by some player getting traded that we might have interest in and might have been able to get in, in there and then uh, talk about it. So I used to I used to check with at least four or five general managers every day to see if they were thinking of doing anything. <laughs> yeah, Torrey, Torrey, he just passed away last year, but he still tells people he says, You know what my daily call was? It was from Louie. Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> <laughs> Give me something off your roster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. But but uh that was just my style. People are all different there, you know. Some were very guarded like McNab or Pulford, you know, they would they would uh if you're gonna make a trade with them it would take weeks, you know, they'd say yes and no and hum and hello and go back to you and back and forth. Once Max, Max McNabb called me, and Gary Green, who was his coach, told me the story years later. Yep. He called me up and he says, "You want to trade this minor league ex defenseman for your left winger Y, who was also in the minor league?" He says, "Yeah, okay, let's do it." And he said, "I'll get back to you." And 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 I said, "No, let's do it." He said, "Wait, let me let me think about it." And I'll get back to you. And he hung up, and he says to Gary Green, "He says you got to watch that guy. He's always up to something." Oh, <laughs> well, kidding. he just got to call me about the deal. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's that's just the way it is.
0: So his ma- mega deal back in the day, which I believe was uh, the Langway trade with the between the Capitals and Canadians, <clears throat> must have taken months to make.
1: No, he didn't make that trade. Oh, Dave he didn't. Boyle. Oh, Dave proiled, Boyle okay. made that trade. In fact, uh, I, Dave Boyle. We were at a general manager's meeting, and uh, in Montreal, I'll never forget because we were flying back, and I flew back, and I just landed in Minneapolis. And my phone rings, and it's Dave Poyle. And Dave Poyle had just become general manager a couple of months before that, you know, in Washington. And he says, Louis, he said, I got to talk to you. He says, What? He says, I got a chance to make this deal. And he told me about the Langway and Brian Walter deal. Mm-hmm. I said, You got to be kidding me! I said, I try to get Langway all day long, you know, from uh, from uh, 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 the general manager, Irv Grundman, uh, that day during the draft. I I, I can't believe he's doing this. He said, yeah. I said, Well, what are you talking to me for? You better make it in a hurry. <laughs> and so I, I knew that was happening because David told me uh, he was doing it. And I know I talked to David right after he made the deal again. <clears throat> and he said his, his uh, owner, Abe Poland, was just sick because Ryan Walter was the golden boy in Washington, the high draft pick, I think number two overall. And yep. he was really worried about what David was doing. And it turned out to be, you know, just a home run for David. Oh, it was a fantastic deal. So, so did, yeah. did
0: Poyle call uh, call you to bounce the idea off you to see what you thought?
1: I think so. I don't know why she would have called me, but uh, I, I remember distinctly. That.
0: But You would you know. have called a rival GM to bounce an idea or the, a trade off of him?
1: Oh, yeah, I would. I did. Really? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, who and when? I did one time because uh, I was dealing for a goaltender, and I wanted to know that I was – talking to Neil Francis, who was a goaltender. Okay. And uh, he was a good friend, and and, uh, and he saw the goaltender a lot, so uh, I did.
0: Can I take one guess on the goaltender? Yeah. Roland Melanson.
1: Exactly, you're right. Islanders trade.
0: Exactly. I knew it because mm-hmm. they're Eastern Conference guys. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you, your thoughts on... Mike Madonna, a guy that you obviously drafted and went on to a Hall of Fame career starting with the North Stars and then with Dallas being named an executive advisor by the Wild, I believe it was last week now.
1: Fantastic move by the Wild. I believe that... uh you know, Mike could come in and do for the wild what Esposito, Phil Esposito has done for Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, connecting and uh, solidifying the relationships with your corporate sponsors, your advertisers, your season ticket holders. And uh, he's such a charismatic individual, and his uh, ability and uh, uh, let me see, his relationship with the fans. Uh, to connect has never changed, never wavered, and I really believe that the Wild are going to benefit greatly by having them. And I'm so happy for him and the Wild because I think it's a perfect partnership.
0: So on, on the day that, that you drafted him and certainly saw him develop Lou as a kid, does the, do these steps surprise you or or did, did this always appear like something that he would stay in hockey and take on uh, such an ambassador, I guess, is the right word type role? <laughs>
1: It doesn't surprise me that he would stay in hockey because uh, he loved the game so much, and and he's such a personable individual, and and uh, he's got so much charisma that you would think that some way, somehow, a, a team would would want to have him in the organization. You know, whenever you're 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 looking at your team and you're making trades, the one thing I always tried to do is make certain I got I traded someone before he retired. Unless I was going to keep that individual in the organization, because you want to you want to maximize your asset. If somebody retires on you, you get nothing for them. And even if it's a year or two before their retirement, you want to get something back for that individual. Sure. But if it's a guy like well, Madonna, in, in my case, uh, you know, I was also thinking about uh, Broughton and Bobby Smith would have been that type of individual had he stayed with us long enough those type of guys that uh, you think could be of value in the organization, then you don't mind them retiring with you.
0: Did Mike both as a player and a person at all, exceed your expectations, or does nothing about his ultimate success surprise you?
1: Nothing about his success surprised me. I I really felt that this kid was a unique individual that had uh, somehow uh, developed this ability to he was so charismatic on the ice. He's so electric, and and he's so talented that you know. I, I know early on in the career when he was was with us, and I was president. Mike was playing then, and I I, uh, I remember saying to him, uh, Mike, I got to ask you a question. Do you think you can score fifty goals in this league? He said, Yeah. I said, well, why do you pass the pucks with that much? I mean, you, the shot you got, the, you know, it just, and he used to drive me crazy, even even when I watched him in junior, because the guy really had uh, a lot of um, ability, you know, to score goals and set up goals. But I, I always felt that he, he wasn't selfish enough. And then he got to that point later on where, you know, when he had opportunities, he took them.
0: Tell me the uh, I I saw this in a story at the time that Mike got hired. Tell me the the gun story and Mrs. Gunn basically uh, preferring that you take Trevor Linden as opposed to Mike. This is a great story.
1: Well, we had uh, the scouts in uh, trevor City, Michigan, and uh, and um, we had our meetings there, and then the owners uh, George and Gordon Gun came, and so did so did. Uh, uh, Luli gun and and then on the way back they got to fly the kids back to Detroit. Mike got off in Detroit and uh, and uh, Lyndon had to change planes there. And the next day, you know, Gordon called me and he says, uh, "What do you think you're going to do?" And I said, "Well, we're going to pick uh, Modano. And I said, "Why?" He said, "Well, Luli really likes to have." Uh, uh, Lyndon, you know, he really likes the way he is. I said, "Well, Lyndon's a great player, and I uh, like I like him too, but we don't like him as much as Madonna, so we're taking Madonna." <laughs> that... He's "Okay, it's your choice."
0: Okay, because I, I was I was going to say that that might have been a difficult conversation, but it sounds like it was actually pretty simple.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it, it was. I mean, uh, we like them both. We liked them both, but we just we were very, very. Uh, I don't know, uh, believing that Madonna had that ability. He had the extra ability in our minds to bring fans out of their seats. You know that charisma, the the electricity of him skating down the ice, handling the puck with so much speed, air flowing. It just. At that time, we weren't. You know, we we were having bad crowds. We weren't near where we wanted to be with season tickets, and so we had to we had to develop a fan base, and we felt that uh, Madonna, with his talent and his electricity, could really help us do that.
0: Lou, do you think that Mike stays in the business side role long-term, or could you actually see him transitioning to a hockey role eventually, too, with his hockey smarts?
1: Well, I, you know, I I think I could see him trans- transitioning. You know, if I had him there, and he was in, in the operation, that wouldn't you know, prevent me from saying, hey, go down and work with the centers in, on uh, their face-offs, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> and work on their face-offs, but, um, you know, you've got to remember, first of all, the, the, the coach and the general manager uh, have to be comfortable with having him involved, and if they are, then you pick his brain, then you use his talents.
0: Exactly. Uh, okay, let's f- finish up here. Stanley Cup Finals, they're through one game. The Bruins up 1-0 in the series. We're recording this on uh, Wednesday. Your thoughts on the series?
1: I think it's going to be a, t- a terrific series. I don't think St. Louis is done. I do think Boston will win. But I think St. Louis will get more physical. They'll score some goals. Uh... Uh, I think St. Louis was was playing terrific in the first period and they they took some stupid penalties and their discipline really cost them and changed the game in a second by allowing Boston to, to get their legs and their feet and their confidence, even though they didn't score in the first three power plays. It took St. Louis out of the, the flow of the game as far as the offense goes and gave Boston a chance to establish theirs.
0: How long do you think this series is going to go?
1: I think six maybe 7. Okay.
0: And and you do you think that ultimately Boston wins it though?
1: Yeah, I do, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if St. Louis won it. I mean, they, these two teams are are really terrific teams. They're talented, they're physical, they're fast, they can score. They got good goaltending and uh I just think that St. Louis's uh forwards uh, got to do a little more hitting on the smaller defensemen of Boston to to you know, affect their their ability to move the puck out of the zone. And that could be a big change.
0: And, Lou, the Blues are now 0-13 in Stanley Cup Finals games because they played in all of those in, yeah. in the late 60s yeah. in that expansion division and got beaten up by the uh, good teams at the time.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that <laughs> and that's going to be a big celebration when they do win their first one, which I think they will. If they don't win tonight, I, I do believe they'll win back in St. Louis in the first game.
0: Last thing, since we're not going to talk to you until after the draft, in the draft, Jack Hughes or Capo
1: Caco? Well, you know, uh, it's really a, a toss-up. I think that if I was New Jersey, even though I, I love Hughes, and I think Hughes is going to be sensational. He's a great skater. Yep. The only thing that, that the question that New Jersey is probably going through right now is uh, Nico Hershire, their other sentiment is not big. So now you got Hughes is also extremely... Uh, talented is not big, and they do have Taylor Hall in the wing. One good wing there. Capo is six two and he's two hundred. Um, I, I would say, let me, let me. The perfect fit for New York is is Capo mm-hmm. because they have so many young sentiment. Although Hughes would still be their best sentiment, and and the perfect pick for Jersey. Uh, you you would think should be Coppo, except if Hughes going to take you to a different level than even their center they got now. Then you could always trade that that center and get another wing. But sure. uh, it, it would not be surprising if if uh, Jersey picks Coppo, but I do think they'll pick Hughes. Uh,
0: centers, Louis, it's where it's at. I've I've become right. convinced it's where it's at. You got to have a center.
1: Yeah, well, they already got one in sort of the I know. Rangers. So, but guess who doesn't?
0: The Minnesota Wild.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get one of free agency here. All right,
0: Luther. Thanks much. Take care. We'll talk to you. Thanks. All right. Take bye-bye. care. Bye.